lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with us, as is Aaron McIntyre. Our old friend, Robino, is here as well. He'll be joining us for the roundtable in just a moment. Let us know, though, what you think about what we think. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. And there's plenty of other social networks you can check us out on as well. Look for my name, Steve Dace, on Gab, on MeWe. Follow it over on Parlor. And if you're looking for clips of the show, if you are a podcast listener, you're sampling us on Blaze Radio, and you're like, hey, this isn't too bad. I, I want to get some clips and samples of the program. Go to go to YouTube.com slash Steve Dace and Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Also, time is running short, literally mere hours away from the expiration of the biggest discount subscription we've ever offered here at Blaze TV. Take advantage of it right now. Go to blazetv.com slash Dace. That's one way to make sure you don't wake up one day and big tech overlords have just decided they're not going to let you use them to get access to our content anymore. Get it directly from us. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. For example, we do a mini bonus exclusive episode called The Overtime just for Blaze TV subscribers each and every day. That's not the only exclusive content that's done at Blaze TV every day. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. $30 off an annual subscription, but hurry, that subscription discount ends here shortly. Of course, it is a Friday, which means next hour We'll get into some of the feedback that you have sent us recently. But we begin, as we always do, with the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Raycon Earbuds. Uh, whether it's your favorite podcast, maybe this one, uh, bringing in uh, an audio book, you know, like my most recent book, A Nefarious Carol, performed by yours truly and his daughter. How many more shameless plugs can I mix in here in the first few minutes? Or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. I tried these at the gym uh, recently, by the way. Snug fit, didn't have to readjust it all the time because that's a pain in the rear end or they fall out. No dangling wires or stems that get in your way here. Raycons come in a range of stylish colors and they're always comfortable in ear with a far more discreet look. Raycons are built to perform anywhere, anytime with water and sweat resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly with enough battery life for six hours of playtime. So Raycons offering you right now 15% off of all their products for our listeners and viewers here on the Steve Day Show. Here's what you're going to get, uh, if, and that's what you're going to get if you go to uh, buyraycon.com slash Steve. That's buyraycon.com slash Steve. That's it. That's all you have to do to get 15% off your entire Raycon order today at buyraycon.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to it. Issue one, bleep, Lord Nefarious says. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? 
Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field, uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Allowing biological males to compete in an all-female sport deprives women of the opportunity to participate fully and fairly in sports and is fundamentally unfair to female athletes. This is a very difficult societal question that you're asking here. What about religious exemptions? The problem is going to be that the Equality Act tries to insert protections for LGBTQ people into the Civil Rights Act of 1964. If you put religious exemptions into that bill, you're opening up a can of worms, right? I think there's a growing awareness that, uh, um, you know, uh, injecting bleach into your system doesn't do it for you. I'll give you an example. My parents have already gotten their second dose. They're fully vaccinated. Does that mean it's okay for them to spend time with their grandchildren who obviously have not been vaccinated? What's your recommendation? You know, I, I'm not going to make a recommendation now. Why do you think Americans might have to wear masks into 2022? You know, because it depends on the low, on the level of 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 of, uh, of dynamics of virus that's in the community. There are things, even if you're vaccinated, that you're not going to be able to do in society. For example, indoor dining, theaters, places where people congregate. That's because of the safety of society. This is not kids being kept in cages. This is this is kids. This is a facility that was opened that's going to follow the same standards as other HHS facilities. Comparing what happened on January 6th to what happened last summer is completely conflating the issue. What happened last summer is mostly peaceful protesters who were attacked by police officers. What's really problematic about this law is not just the things that Brittany mentioned, but at the core of it, who on earth determines when something moves from a peaceful protest to a riot? Hey, where are the white women at? If you don't believe that there is white privilege, please don't teach if you don't believe that black lives matter please don't teach if you don't believe in systemic racism and how it negatively impacts our students of color and don't want to help dismantle those systems please don't teach if you're white yes you are racist even if you think you're woke we all benefit from oppression pretending you're not racist only makes racism grow Is this hell? It's the gulag. Yep. What what fresh hell was that? Am I on fire right now? <laughs> Did I not repent? The scale, what was that? The scale you present us at the end of this segment is not adequate to addressing this. Well, let's get to it. First question. What was the best of the worst this week, in your opinion, Robino? As the guest, you get to go first. So much there, but but it has to be the the singing, the the, the singing of the woke songs and the singing of the racist. I, I, I'm guessing that that teacher wasn't the one that was in the uh, 
the classroom that, for that to turn to Zoom off. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that story, but it's just, it's absolutely unbelievably crazy. Um, the, it's not a serious society when you're using nursery rhymes to try and teach adults to, I guess, not be racist or be woke or not be woke if you don't want to be racist. Or it, That was all just a jumble of, of nothingness. And the other one, I guess the second one, was the, the African-American gentleman that said, oh, there was, it was mostly peaceful protests last summer. There, there were no cities that burned down. The only reason that the cities burned down was because the cops lit the fire? Is that what I'm supposed to see? It's, it's absolutely nuts. Todd? Listen, this is a civil war, and you all need to start thinking about preemptive strikes. Otherwise... This is what you get. Uh, the she, him, whoever, who with no self-awareness whatsoever said, well, there's the sticky wicket of this all. If you introduce religious exemptions into this, well, that uh, kind of opens up a can of worms. You're that's that's the can of worms. Not the fact that you're trying to undo reality. That whatever you see in the mirror every morning isn't remotely close to the way God designed you. The can of worms is the First Amendment. We're dealing with crazy people. You cannot ultimately talk them off the ledge with reason. I, I'm saying if you if you come from my kids with this garbage, it's on. It's just on. Folks, wake the hell up. This is Thanos snapping. The Equality Act is Thanos snapping. Aaron? I got a little bit of a, uh, you best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one um, from Todd there. And that's absolutely true. Mm. I, I think for me, uh, it is it is Dr. Jason Johnson on MSNBC, the MSNBC News contributor who is really concerned that domestic terrorism laws could boomerang against Black Lives Matter because, and I, uh, I um, uh, somewhat quote, uh, who gets to determine when it goes from a peaceful protest into a riot? Dr. Jason Johnson. Why aren't you happy? It's people who think like you who get to decide that. Haven't we learned that lesson? It's people who agree with you who get to decide that. Isn't that the lesson? Isn't that the lesson of the last year? People who agree, the progressives get to determine what is domestic terrorism and what is not. Why are you so concerned? This is a tool, a weapon, nay, uh, that you will be able to wield at your pleasure should these laws, should these, these laws be passed. Who gets to determine? It's people like you, Dr. Johnson. That's who that's who decides you should be. You should be happy. You should be rejoicing. You should be getting your riot on. The Thanos snap analogy stops me cold dead in my tracks because it's a better pop culture metaphor explanation for what I've been trying to say about this since uh, since really last year when or a couple years ago, about this time two years ago, we were even flirting in conservative media with entertaining this, finding people who were uh, libertarian-minded, uh, mentally ill, right? Um, and and giving them slots and, and, and prominence. Um, 
this is a this is a it's a it's a it's an end game is what this is it's an end of all reality it's a denial of reality and you know the you conversation that you and i were having about this off the air after the show yesterday aaron and i thought you made an excellent point when 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 you said hey this is not a, a, a this is not a perversion of 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 morality right we all pervert morality in some way that's why we all need a savior we've all sinned we're all probably going to sin today we're we're all going to in ways that we're tempted by enjoy or inflict pain on others that we want to justify we all will pervert morality and provided that you don't make the 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 potential or the particular perversion of morality that you love the most the sole aspect or prominent aspect of your identity we have ways that we can we can we can give be merciful and graceful and accommodate one another there's other when when you're not perverting that morality there's other things about you and when i'm not perverting that morality there's other things about me that we can both find commendable and live together right yeah this though is not a perversion of immorality it's a denial of reality you are forcing me to deny reality that's why if you have if you believe in any form of objectivism any form of truth any form of reality sanity standard you cannot abide this you cannot accommodate it and i promise you it will not accommodate you but i have to go to my uh, to, to my boy dana bash asking anthony fauci both my parents have been vaccinated why do i gotta win matt wear a mask well in the next year did you hear what he said there at the in response to her well if you take the stalk of the corn and um, uh, uh, throw it and thrust it through the fallopian tube at a maximum velocity that's what he did that was some straight up horse bleep right there. That's also what he's been doing the okay. entire yeah. time. Yeah, but yeah. that was that was like the most blatant we've ever seen. And consider, consider what puts him on his heels here. First of all, it's on CNN, number one. But number two, Dana Bash is a disciple. She has done all of the steps that, that, that King Fauci, the fiend, has commanded. She has performed them all. She now goes to her Messiah and says, what else must I do to be saved? <laughs> I've already, we, 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 we threw the election. We destroyed the economy. We ruined now going on a second year of our children's existence. And who knows what penalties we'll pay for that over the next 20, 30 years on what kind of fathers and husbands and mothers and wives they turn out to be. We did all of this. We let our grandparents and parents die alone in nursing homes. We did it all. And we waited dutifully for the big pharma cutting edge to arrive. And we let them stick us with it, not once, but twice already. Now... Now, Pope Fauci, now, now, my, my liege, now, now is it time? Can I go see, can we go see Hamilton again now, please? 
Now is it time? We've double masked even. Uh, uh, 2022 and uh, the uh, the dynamism of uh, the uh, the community. You know what, dude? If that was a horse, you'd put it down. Okay. That is some straight up horse bleep right there. Straight bleeping up is what that was. Let's get to the exit question. Ten. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, with one being how much Joe Biden is truly in charge right now, and ten being how much Lindsey Graham likes being taken charge of. Rate this week's level of total depravity. Aaron. Um, 11,500. <laughs> Todd. Uh, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Rob. Uh, the limit of one over X is X goes to zero, which is infinity. Infinity. That's a good answer. Let's get to issue two. The walls are closing in. What a new year it's been for New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. First, almost a month ago, New York Attorney General Letitia James released a report on New York nursing homes saying further investigation was needed after her office found deaths related to nursing homes amid the coronavirus pandemic were undercounted by as much as 50%. Then a couple of weeks ago, Cuomo aide Melissa DeRosa admitted to a group of Democrat lawmakers in the state that the governor's office did indeed try to cover up the true numbers of nursing home deaths in New York out of fear of a federal investigation. Cuomo quickly went on the defensive. To be clear, all the deaths in the nursing homes and in the hospitals were always fully, publicly, and accurately reported. We're in the midst of managing a pandemic. There was a delay in providing the press and the public all that additional information. Then last week, it was announced the FBI, along with the U.S. Attorney's Office of Eastern New York, was launching a probe investigating New York's handling of the coronavirus in nursing homes. This week, former Cuomo aide Lindsay Boylan went public once again with her allegations she'd been on the receiving end of sexual harassment while working for the governor and produced receipts proving the context of those allegations. Dr. Fauci, your thoughts? We've got to do the things that are very clear that we need to do to turn this around. Remembering we can do it. We know that when you do it properly, you bring down those cases. We've done it. We've done it in New York. New York got hit worse than any place in the world and they did it correctly. Aaron, is there a reason you kept using that? I mean, there's a million photos of Andrew Cuomo. Is there a reason you kept using that particular one or? Uh, It just stuck out to me. First question, Todd, since we heard this phrase a lot the last couple of years, let's apply it to this particular situation. Are the walls closing in on Andrew Cuomo? They are closing in, but nothing about his demise is inevitable as of yet. Uh, Obviously, there's Democrats in that state house who do not like him. Uh, God bless Janice Dean. For the every woman aspect of what she's done with all this. Uh, but listen, a while back, I mocked New Yorkers. Kind of similar to what Steve's been doing lately with Texans. You know, we always get that, we're New York tough. No one can take us down. Not those terrorists, nothing. Uh, it's up to you. If that's really who you are, if that's in your DNA, this punk's got to go. 
and he's got to go hard. Like back alley hard. There's no, look what he did to you. There's no denying it. This isn't Democrat. This isn't Republican. It's about, are you really a New Yorker? I want to see it. Our country. Were those your grandparents that he did this to? 9,000 of them? I mean, it's, it's go time, New York. It's just flat out go time. Rob, what do you think? Are the walls closing in on Andrew Cuomo? I I think they're closing in a little bit. I I don't know if he'll be gone, but I mean, it's interesting that you've got Democratic um, representatives and and other elected officials in New York starting to to go against Cuomo. That's usually a first sign uh, that something's going to happen. But it's it's absolutely amazing that the media all of a sudden uh, starts paying attention to things that we've been saying since when? March 30th of last year, maybe April 15th of last year, um, that the media all of a sudden starts starts paying attention. And, it, and it's why. You have to ask yourself why. One of the reasons is there's an election that's over. But I, I think the walls are closing in a little bit. Um, but I think the media is still, the national media is still kind of propping him up. I mean, this past week, it was still the Florida's worst than New York story. If you saw that story with um, about DeSantis trying to get old people in old people housing uh, complexes, there's a lot of retirement communities. Um, he, oh my God, sent people with vaccine to the retirement communities to give it to the people that die the most um, from coronavirus, uh, far and away die the most. And you've got the media still kind of propping up Cuomo. There's a little bit here, a little bit there. I mean, it was brave of CNN to finally say that it was wrong for them to have, you know, Cuomo happy hour uh, every day last year, Monday to Friday. Um, But I I, I have some hope that some walls are closing in. And it'll be interesting to see if, you know, more and more of these Democrats in New York come forward. Uh, It it would be very interesting to have Andrew Cuomo be the person that gets impeached and removed from office um, and not the guy that he blamed for all of his problems. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I do believe the the walls are starting to close in. I wish I could remember all uh, 666 uh, similes the media used for Donald Trump over the, the course of four years to describe how the, the walls are, are closing in. And I would use them right now, but we wouldn't have enough time anyway. And I, I don't know. There are a number of theories uh, out there uh, 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 as to why this is happening right now. Uh, why didn't this happen any number of months in the last year? Why didn't this happen? Um, why didn't this happen then? I know one that's been brought up before. I can't remember if we talked about it on the show. It's not my idea, but this Letitia James, who is the attorney general, uh, they seem to like her. Remember, Letitia James is the one who launched, I believe, antitrust yes. um, uh, a probe against uh, big tech last year at, at one point as well. Um, so it, that could be one thing. Is But I, I don't know how you can hold this person up, Andrew Cuomo. And when we're talking about the media and the left in this country, we're talking about the same thing. I don't know how you can build him up. At the same time, you know, the same week before he faces an FBI probe and a U.S. Attorney's Office probe into his handling of the nursing home desk, the same time that he's facing that aforementioned probe from his own attorney general, you give him an Emmy and you have actors doting praise upon him. I don't know how 
how you do those things at the same time. But I guess we're going to find out in real time what this actually looks at looks like at the end. I'm not sure whether it's his emergency powers stripped. I'm not sure, but I do think I do think he's in some big trouble. All right, we do the exit question a little early here because there's a story that came out this morning. I want to get everybody's quick take on. Okay, we didn't have time to put it in the rundown. Let's get to the exit question. If the odds Andrew Cuomo will still be governor of New York at the end of this year were a Beatles song from the Magical Mystery Tour album, which Beatles song from that album would it be? A Hello, goodbye. B, Strawberry Fields Forever, or C, who knows? Magical Mystery Tour. Todd? C. Rob? He says C as well. Aaron? C. Okay. Um, I think it's A. I think he's gone. Um, Here's, folks, did you guys see the story that the Biden administration is literally bending over and taking it from China? Yeah. All right, so story out this morning that what we thought was a troll about a month ago when China announced that the best way to test for COVID was anal swabs. Oh, it's still a troll. It it is still a troll. (laughs) But that they submitted our diplomats to this. I know. First of all, first and foremost, why in the Sam Hell Hill would you comply with that because last week the guy is my mask on that guy would gladly take it you know he would that's him dying for his country right there ain't that the truth oh you said for his country yeah you know with the whole covid death thing i get for and with confused these days either way i thought you said he was dying with his country so that is true (laughs) uh no but you said for his country oh okay i got it what what kind of man does, what, what kind of what kind of man does that? Rachel Levine. Okay, I guess I guess we're done here, Rob. Unless you have something you would like to add to this subject. Uh, yeah, it's it just shows the the deference that Joe Biden's going to give to the People's Republic of China uh, over and over and over again. It's absolutely insane. Didn't didn't Joe Biden uh, and he said this on multiple occasions? If if we're not careful, uh, China's going to eat our lunch. It's I know it's it's easy to get ain, uh, eat our lunch confused with swab our anuses. <laughs> so potato, potato. We're going to be talking about that later. <laughs> For every anal swab, Hunter Biden gets a bonus. <laughs> what did he just say? I missed it. For every anal swab, Hunter Biden gets a bonus. Nice. Gets another billion. Uh, gets another billion. Yeah. I just, I, I can't imagine at any other point in American history, regardless of the political persuasion, we'd have our, our diplomats, except for in this last decade. I, I, I can't imagine at any other point our diplomats would get anally, would bend over and agree to be anally swabbed. Anally swabbed. I mean, the symbolism of that. It's all the alien the probe jokes that, coming yes. home to roost. I mean... I meant what I said yesterday, Steve. There's never been a time in human history, not just America, it's never been crazier. It's never... It's been cruel. It's been dumb. 
it's been cowardly it's never been crazier that's another interesting point you just made is that true it's 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 been it's been dumber you're right it's been more cruel it's been more violent but has it ever been crazier I mean, Demi Lovato, who has literally certified mental illness issues. Yeah, she's tried to take her life. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. And, and, she's, and, and now she's considered a, a, a credible source for uh, don't have gender reveal parties because some boys have vaginas and some girls have penises. It, is there, frankly, a more fitting spokeswoman for pr- the promotion right. of mental illness than right. someone who has wrestled with those exact same demons? At, at an existential level in her own mind, right? Right. It, that's kind of anecdotal evidence of what you're talking about. Has it ever been crazier? Nope. Rob, has it ever been crazier in human history than it is right now? Uh, I, I don't think so, but I mean, there's got to be a time that it was. I would hope there was a time that it was, but probably not. I mean, that, that montage from Lord Nefarious that we went through is just... The, the top of craziness and that's just what a, a infinitesimal fraction mm-hmm. of what people said this week so yeah it probably isn't Todd's probably right all right we come back we'll turn our attention to what's going on in florida as we speak cpac is underway not in washington dc but in Ron DeSantis's backyard. We'll discuss. Trump's going to give the keynote on the final day. We'll talk about that and more next right here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Stay tuned. All right, back at it again here on The Dace Group, our weekly look at the week that was. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre. You see them every day here. And then our good friend Rob Eno from down in Dallas at our posh Blaze TV studios. He's the fourth member of our panel today as we get to issue three, Trump and CPAC. CPAC is now underway this year in Orlando, Florida. The yearly confab of Republican and right-leaning organizations and political figures that's happened since 1973 was kicked off improper this morning with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He seemed to be giving more of a campaign speech. Florida's leading on the issues that matter to conservatives. We don't spout hollow rhetoric. We take decisive action. And what's true in Florida is true for conservatives across the nation. We cannot, we will not go back to the days of the failed Republican establishment of yesteryear. We reject open borders and instead support American sovereignty and the American worker, building a movement on the foundation of amnesty and cheap foreign labor labor is like building a house on a field of quicksand. But still casting the biggest shadow over the entire event, and let's be honest, the entire political landscape is one Donald J. Trump, who will speak at the event on Sunday afternoon. According to Axios, Trump is expected to call himself the presumptive 2024 Republican nominee and proclaim himself as the leader of the Republican Party. No 
surprise since just this week, Ditch McConnell said he'd, quote, absolutely support Trump in 2024 if he's the nominee. Lindsey Graham said earlier this week that Trump is the de facto leader of the Republican Party in the lead up to the midterms. And Mitt Romney also said this week that if Trump runs in 2024, he's pretty sure he'll win the nomination. All right, Rob, I'll go to you first here. So Trump coming out and speaking already so early uh, at this particular CPAC, should this be taken as anything else other than if I'm healthy, I am running for president again? So no, might as well not even think of and nobody else might as well even entertain it. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think that he thinks that if he's healthy, he will be the nominee. If he's, uh, you know, doesn't have legal jeopardy from the uh, Manhattan district attorney who seems to be doing a tremendous fishing expedition on all of his financial records. But I think he thinks that he is the, the nominee. And I think Mitt Romney's right. Um, he's not somebody that's going to say it because he likes Trump. But I, I think if Donald Trump were to run for president in 2024, he would be the nominee. Um, I don't think Mike Pence would be on his ticket. I think that, you know, if Donald Trump doesn't run, I think you saw earlier leader Ron DeSantis. Um, I think, as we've talked before, he is uh, he's almost a presumptive nominee if Donald Trump doesn't run, because um, the media, as we said earlier, has tried to take him down time after time after time. I mean, last week, the media attacked him for trying to save old people's lives. I mean, there, there, there's no... They have no shame whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I think that Donald Trump, I mean, I think it was a little odd that they wheeled in a golden Trump. I don't know if you saw that this morning. Kind I, of like I, I just saw cat. it a little while ago and I just. I, yeah, that was a bit much. On. Yeah, come on. I mean, we, we go after the other side's lack of self-awareness, right? Okay. Can we have maybe just a tinge from the people wearing our uniform? Maybe every now and then. It Really? A, a golden Trump, and it's like not really? even a small one. I mean, this thing was no. Like this thing is massive. Off. Yeah, it couldn't be bronzed, painted, ceramic, wax. It it had to be a golden Trump, really. All right, back to the question, Todd. What do you think? Is this Trump just basically saying to everybody else, "Don't even think about it"? No. Because that's, he just says things. Uh, he really doesn't, he, here's what he's saying. He's saying, you know, it's it's like the guy, the receiver crossing the middle. It's footsteps, you know, and you get the alligator arms. He, he wants to see who's got the alligator arms and who's coming through the middle like a stone cold bleepity bleep. That's just kind of putting it out there. If I call people... You know, if I start calling people names, how are they going to react? I, I think that's what this is. Just taking the temperature of the room. By the way, for the audience, if you can hear that in the background, we are broadcasting live from Syria this morning. Yeah, uh, hence yeah. the hence the bombing in the background. Sorry about that. But the good thing is that these are the very first ever female vegan bombs. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's important to note that. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, an urban renewal program is going on in the building next door. It's getting close too. It's yeah. like right here. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we apologize for that. Uh, Aaron, your thoughts? Is this just Trump marking his territory early on and saying no point in anybody else even entertaining this? Yeah, but I think the bigger, I think the bigger thing here is put yourself in the shoes of Donald Trump. Every morning for four years, not only were you the president of the United States, you had instantaneous attention anytime you wanted at your fingertips. 
you have both those things gone. You're not the president anymore, and you don't have a Twitter account anymore. You have some uh, statements that you can put out every now and then, but you don't have that instantaneous gratification. So you're going to do as much as you possibly can, uh, and I think you'll see it grow in the coming months as well, to put yourself out there and to get that quick hit or those quick hits of attention, adoration, and basically, again, the main thing is just attention, whether it's negative or positive. And so I, I think you're going to see just you're going to see Trump trying to insert himself as much as you possibly can. I know I'm not really going out on a limb. I'm not really going out on a limb. Uh, but that's this is just this is what he's going to do and, until he gets just until he gets bored with it, until he gets bored with it. Um, and, and it could just be. It could just be in the next three or four years. It's like, you know what? I'm kind of bored with the whole political scene. Don't think that's going to happen. That could be, though. You just can't put your can't put your uh, yourself in Trump's mind. You can put him in, a, in your shoe, in his shoes a little bit, though. Now, I, I, let me add some some context or is it subtext uh, to this discussion. Uh, I spoke with a little birdie recently uh, and just a couple days ago. And what I was told is that the number one reason he's going to run again and let me say I'm sympathetic to this because I've experienced it myself on a professional level. The number one reason he's going to run again is because he can't do anything else. That given, and I get this, you know, I, I, after the 2016 election, and you guys know this, and I've talked about it on the air before, I was contemplating whether I was going to continue on doing this much longer. I was just beyond exhausted with politics. Did a tryout with ESPN Radio at their invitation, knocked it out of the park. They loved it. It never went anywhere, though, because ultimately you can't hire me uh, if you're them. Somebody does a Google alert. I don't like what a black coach does in the NFL. I ripped Mike Tomlin one time and somebody Googles my name and I'm an instantaneous racist. Right. So you just it, it became obvious to me that in some way, shape or form, if I'm going to work in media, this is going to be my racket the rest of my career. I'm I'm tainted because of the political environment we're in. And that's what he has found. That the business deals and those sorts of things, that that world that was open to him before is not any longer. That he is, for the rest of his days, he is a politician. That's what he is. And that's why he's going to run again, because there's nothing else that he can do. Those, those, those doors are shut. There's no reality TV shows to go back to at NBC. None of that stuff because of the, as you said, Todd, the, the cold civil war that we're in. That's what I was told. So does that alter or confirm anybody's opinion at all? Does that sound implausible to anybody? Mm, well, I mean, the, the world is still his oyster. He, he's fawned over in many parts of the world. Uh, and I think that led to why he had such a successful foreign policy. I've said that on the show before. And there's all kinds of markets. I mean, this guy's willing to Trump steaks, Trump wine. He hasn't tried to corner the market in other places. We might have Trump anal swabs. There's things that can be done. Yeah, but here's the thing with all of that, though, Todd. Okay. Who's the distributor for Trump wines? They get assaulted the very next day. Twitter mob. You're going to you literally have to build all of that infrastructure. From, from from concept to market to delivery, okay? If you're Donald Trump, you have to originate the entirety of that production process because of, this is this is what we're seeing right now. We just saw this with Parler. It's what we're seeing in our own industry right now. That's the point that my little birdie made. I have another follow-up question on this. Does anybody else want to touch on this very quickly or not? 
So unless he wants to develop an entire new country full of its own ecosystems. Yes. Might as well just run the country we have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So obviously, if he's the nominee, he can't serve more than one term. Really quick. Could we see something we've never seen before, but a vice presidential primary? Could you see guys understanding that he would be 75 in the next election? Actually, he's 75 now, come to think of it. So pushing 80 the next election. Could we see Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Christy No? Could we see these figures go on barnstorming tours the next couple of years to essentially audition to be his running mate, knowing that that would then, whether he wins or loses, would put them on yes. a huge national pedestal for the future face yeah. of the party. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The ones who understand that it has to be with, it has to be with Trump. All right. There's a question of the odds Donald Trump will ever be president again, not the nominee, but president again, were a song from the Beatles album, Abbey Road, which song from that album would it be? A, the end, as in, um, not happening. B, here comes the sun. You betcha. Or C, golden slumbers. Okay. Wake me up. I don't know. Todd? C. I knew that was going to be your answer. I just put that in for you. Thank you. Rob? C. Aaron? C. Yeah, I think it's way too early to tell. All right, issue four. It's just potato head to you now. Yesterday, the toy maker Hasbro announced that one of their more iconic toys, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, made famous by their roles in the Pixar Toy Story movies, are no longer gendered. Potato Heads, Mr. and Mrs. You gotta keep them together because they're madly in love. Instead, they're just Potato Head and Potato Head. Apparently, this was the line America was willing to draw in the sand as Hasbro, less than six hours later, announced they were changing their mind and not renaming their toys. The United States of America, where we don't know how many human genders there are, but we do have a pretty good idea how many genders potatoes have. All right. First and only question quickly. Can you name the next toy that needs to be made gender neutral, Todd? Yes, the Washington football team's bobblehead dolls, because this is such a victory. They should change their name officially from the football team to the Washington Potato Heads. Also on your 80s jukeboxes, Mr. Mister is totally screwed. How about the Washington non-binaries? Rob, go ahead. Uh, Let's go with uh, G.I. Joe. There you Uh, go. Maybe the Sergeant Slaughter one. So the old school one, when that was like the the, the two foot tall doll, not the ones that yeah. I loved as a kid with like Snake Eyes and Destro and Cobra Commander. I friggin' subscribed to that comic. I loved it so much, man. That's as oh, cool as eighties Reagan era militarism gets. Was that GI Joe? Watch that cartoon after school yep. every day. All right, Aaron, what do you think? Uh, I think for me, it's it's the Game Boy that needs to be oh, uh, nice. renamed to Game. <laughs> Game non-binary. Uh, shim. Game, game non-binary. Yeah, there you go. What did you say? Shim. The game shim? Shim. Game G-M shim. shim. Yeah. It's game they. <sighs> okay, you're right, Todd. This is the most insane time in all of human history. Yeah. You're right. You're right. All right, let's get to predictions. Aaron, you're up first. Uh, predictions. I, I, will, I will say that there will be over one and a half teams that will have to forego at least one. I'm not saying it's in the round of 64, but we'll have to forego uh, an NCAA tournament game because of COVID. Hmm. 
So what did they announce yesterday? That if it's in the first round, they're going to have basically a, ta- yep, a group of backups. taxi squad teams to yep. go. But then after that, it would just be forfeits, right? Yep. Okay. Todd, prediction. What do you think? If the Equality Act passes the Senate and is signed into law, as soon as next year, you will have college conferences. Might be D3, might be D2, probably the most likely D3. At the very least, suspending all sports until they figure out how they're going to negotiate. And they're do so willfully and gladfully because they think they are the people they've been waiting for. And within five years, if they, unless somebody gets in the way of that momentum, it is going to come to at least the Pac-10 and the Big Ten. Stop thinking this is just going to go away and people are going to wake up. They're not. You need to stop it. Sports may not exist on, on of any kind in the Big Ten or the Pac-10 in particular within the next five years because of the Equality Act. Rob, what do you think? I think regardless of what the Senate parliamentarian said yesterday about the $15 minimum wage being um, non-germane or can't be in a reconciliation bill, that they'll find some way to do it and it'll get snuck in because the the president of the Senate, which is Kamala Harris now, has the final say on any um, parliamentary questions. So I think we're going to see the $15 minimum wage in that bill, um, even though everybody in the media says that we're not going to. That's some that's some good analysis uh, slash prediction predicting right there but to what you said. I don't believe it will pass because for the same. I don't think I don't think they'll this is they won't suspend the filibuster to pass it or anything. This is Democrats passing this and and Biden signing it. Um. What are they running on on those kinds of issues in the future? This is like a pro-life issue on the right. You see what I'm trying to say? This is a dangler. You just put a bunch of Dem- Republicans on on point in the Senate voting no. You don't pass it. And you just run on it again the next time. Uh, you guys are all just a bunch of homophobes, blah, 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 blah. Plus, they know that at any point in time, the courts will just impose this on, on this. At any, literally, it could, it could happen five minutes from now. If we left, if, if we, in the middle of the show, if we found out that some federal court just said this is the law now and we have to do it, would you be shocked? No. No. So Democrats know they don't have to take any heat by doing this. Just uh, get see, divide the Republican Party. See how many Republicans vote yes. Won't be enough to break a filibuster. Then you turn around and call the rest of them a bunch of homophobes and haters. And then you just wait for the judges to screw us. You wait for the judges to anally swab us. That's all. Well, fine. But either way, we're going to get You're anally swabbed the, one way or yeah, the other. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. My prediction is that I believe Black Widow is going to make its May 7th opening in theaters. That's how confident I am that the hay has left the barn on reopening the country. You know what okay. I think really cool about that movie? That they, and they've been so awesome at this. If they, we're wondering why she's dead, we all know mm-hmm. the story. If something about this unique story has everything to do with the MCU universe that's coming mm-hmm. up, like whatever it is, some MacGuffin mm-hmm. that is crucial to it, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rob, good to see you as always, man. Thanks good for joining us, brother. You. Okay, take care. All right, Feedback Friday coming your way here next hour. You've stuck through it. You've bared. Is it bared? Born. Born with us. Bared with us. Bared with us. You've tolerated us this long. You might as well stick it out this final bitter, grueling hour, and it's coming your way next. with hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace here with 
Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and thank you as well for joining us. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Gab, where else? Parlor. Look for Steve Dace in all of those places. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Don't forget, clips of the program can be viewed and shared at YouTube.com slash Steve Dace and Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And if you enjoyed yesterday's show when we discussed another chapter of my new book, A Nefarious Carol, you can still get your copy today over at Amazon.com. If you want an autographed copy, you can get one of those as well via Premier Collectibles. That's pinned up on both my Twitter and Facebook accounts if you want the links to that. Otherwise, Amazon is the way to go. And if you enjoyed the book or the Audible version performed by myself and uh, my oldest daughter, please leave a five-star review. We would appreciate those at Amazon.com as well. Speaking of five-star reviews, if you are a podcast listener, we ask if you love the show that you leave us one of those, whichever podcast platform you prefer. So many of you have done this already. Please keep those coming. They please both the algorithms and the overlords here uh, at Blaze, at the Blaze. And if you've not yet done so, hit that subscribe button for us as well. Feedback Friday coming your way in a moment. Brought to you by our friends over at Omega XL. Whether you're dealing with that stiffness, soreness that comes from inflammation in your back, knees, neck, shoulder pain. For me, it's a left hip flexor. Whatever is the area of discomfort for you, chances are the underlying cause is likely inflammation. And you have to defeat that inflammation or it can cause permanent damage. Now, those topical rubs, uh, pain relievers, those help. No question about it, but they treat the symptoms. You want to go after the cause, and that's where Omega XL comes in. Uh, it neutralizes the inflammation that is causing those painful, stiff joints and muscles. Backed by 35 years of clinical research, this is the product you're looking for. I use it in my daily life as well. To get you started, you can order one bottle of Omega XL right now and get a second one for free. Buy one, get one free when you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. All right. Are you ready for some Feedback Friday? Absolutely. All right. Let's go. Let's start with Blake in Texas. Guys, I'm going to save you a lot of effort. Aliens don't exist except the illegal ones at the border. The government is trying to make us look dumb. Hope that helps. Any thoughts on that? As likely as anything else, which I've actually said some version of that on the show before. You see, I, I don't, I think you're, I, I'm not willing to give government that level of credit. Um, I think it's far more likely that it's just we're living in the most insane time. And there's something inexplicable or the explanation is discomforting happening. Whether that means E.T.'s phoning home or we're going to watch Diana eat a mouse in real time instead of on a miniseries. Okay. Or they come in peace or, um, um, you know, uh, Zed Cothran's going to make first contact with the Vulcans. I, I, I don't know if that's the case. But, but there is something inexplicable happening and or the explanation is not comforting. And that's why it's not been given to us. I can buy that. But as and what, but can, by the way, didn't let you finish in a second. Let me quantify what I mean. What I like the explanation could be terrestrial and discomforting. 
for example, yes. a, a foreign enemy has has had a technology that at any particular point could have existentially threatened the country to links we previously were not aware. It could be that level of a of a of a of a explanation that's discomforting. But anyway, you you finish. Yeah, Go ahead. And in the shows that you've had us, there's been at least two of them in the last year. I think the mm-hmm. phenomenon. I think there was another one we watched. I can't remember. Were they, we, were they basically? It was clear. It was a guy named Stephen Greer. I think. Yeah. Was, and, and, yes. But this was a That's this right. is a religion to him. Right. That was a, he was the aliens were messianic. They, he was delivering a religious appeal. To me, phenomenon is separate because it handled it as more of a just a straight up news. But story. in each but, yeah. case, the narrative of the government, the instinct, I should say, of the government was clearly always. Tamp down, be mm-hmm. quiet, hide, obfuscate. What he's talking about and why I believe it as equally as possible as anything else is because now the instinct of the government is to hate its own people, to make fun of them, to manipulate them in a different way. So I think that's a new variable in the game that wasn't there. Agree. I agree with that. I, I agree with that that's the environment we're in, but there's a level of transparency here that makes pulling it off difficult. And maintaining it. We would think that about the Equality Act, too. And here we are, man. That's See that? I'm just... You you, you okay. are an imminently reasonable supercomputer of a mind. But you just have got to allow the crazy wins all the time. Now, I'm days. getting better at letting them in. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah, you are. But in this case, I kind of think that's what I'm doing. Okay. That, that, this, that they've just, the spirit of the age has decided that it's time to let the total demonic, the total demonic illusion out of the bag, or there really is life in other plant places, or um, there is some, some enemy here on earth that has technology that it would scare the bejeebers out of people if they really knew what was pointed at us. And so they've just lied about it this time. And actually, when it comes to aliens, you actually let the crazy minds, voices speak to you more than I do. I mean, I just can't. That's like I that's a no go zone for me. I just fundamentally believe they don't exist. So you're actually better at that in this venue than I am. I don't know if it's better as much as more uh, willing. There are may not be better degrees of crazy voices um, that I've I've gotten good at listening to to the degree that I don't even talk about it. For instance, yesterday. Uh, my cookies started talking to me. They said trans people exist. Oh, wait, no. The Oreos tweeted that. Sorry, I got confused with that. And you bet parlays on soccer. So there's that. Hey, man, I won a couple monster college basketball parlays last night, actually. But uh, is there anything more? And I've, I, I know I said this a couple days ago. I just want to reset it. Is there is there a more pathetic entity in our culture than the fake woke corporation? Well, why do you say fake? Because I, I think it's I think Oreo chiming in on this, Hasbro chiming chiming in on this is just complete virtue signaling contrivance. Complete virtue signaling contrivance. I don't know anymore. Okay, Jonah Morgan. All right, no, wait before I read this. Are we okay to dis- He's got. He sent us an email about Wandavision. He's got questions. Should we answer these or not? Because the show's not over yet. It's still happening. Should we tackle his questions I would or not? Love this. Let's do it. All right. We're going to do I'm it. In. Okay. So, to, but to be considerate, we're going to give you a five count, actually, extra warning. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you've not caught up on the show yet or you plan on watching it once it's all done so you can binge it, whatever, you don't want it to be spoiled. All right. So, a five count. Five, four, three, two, 
one. Okay. Are we going in? Yeah, let's go. Yep. All right. Jonah Morgan says three questions on WandaVision. What do you guys think caused Quicksilver to show up because it clearly wasn't the people outside the hex and Wanda clearly either doesn't know she did it or didn't do it. Do you think Vision can stay alive outside the hex? That's question two. And question three, finally, do you think we will see the use of any other heroes or mutants to try and defuse the situation such as Professor X? Um, I'll do these backwards and then yeah. we, we can do them all. The give it a shot. The answer to three is yes. yes. The answer to three is yes. I don't think you'll see any other mutants. But I do think you will see at least one other hero would be my guess. And that's a big cameo that's coming in the in the final episode. And if I had to guess what the who the big cameo is at the final episode, I'm going to guess it's Doctor Strange. If you go back, I know Paul Bettany has been teasing. He's always wanted to work with this actor. I don't believe Vision and Doctor Strange had any scenes together in either of the in either no. Infinity War or yeah. Endgame. No. So, because remember, I mean, they were, he was out on, uh, on Titan with, uh, Iron Man, right? Right. Yep. Vision and everybody else was yeah. still back here. Yep. Right. So I, I think, I think it's, uh, what's his face that plays Dr. Strange? What's his name? Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the big. Captain Marvel's likely too, isn't it? Possibly. But I, I think because they've also said that this movie goes right, sets, goes right into, um, Dr. Strange and the, and, uh the mouth of or the uh multiverse, multiverse of madness yep. i think he's going to be the one who comes in and figures out how to correct especially yes. now that agatha yeah. harkness who we thought all along that's who Catherine hahn was playing now that that's been announced i think that she's a she's a dark witch so you bring in the sorcerer supreme to take his belt off and, uh, and 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 put her in her place basically those, those two are the most likely obviously the relationship with rambo and marvel my dark horse though because of the multiverse and what this is doing is we we might see spider-man i could see that too because that's the next film yeah. i think after that the, they're finishing it up right now um can vision stay alive outside the hex i believe the answer to that is no yeah all right and I don't even actually, you know, they keep showing that clip of Wanda going into sword headquarters when they're military, when, when she finds out they're militarizing vision. Yep. Notice she never takes him though in any of these clips. I don't believe she's like reanimated vision or anything of that nature. I think that this is just all um, a spell within the hex. Okay. That's why vision didn't remember in the last episode dying. He didn't remember fighting Thanos didn't remember any of that stuff that I think that this is just, he's, he's, he's a, he's a construct. He's conjured vision is dead, dead. I believe. I'm not sure if that adequately explains though. I agree that he can't exist outside the hex. Uh, I don't know if that explains though, why the military dudes uh, want to get him so bad. Uh, why they're trying to get into the hex so bad unless Wanda actually took vision. That's a possibility too. What do you think? Yeah, Tom? I think his corporal body is there, but it's not him. And I think this is akin he can't exist outside the hex and it it's it isn't him. I think this is like in uh Wonder Woman, like one of the one the 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 1984 mm -hmm. the, one of the best executed moments when when she realized she had to let Steve Rogers go and he just said it's okay because I'm paraphrasing, but he said it wasn't really me. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's a figment. She's mental. She's really she's devolving into madness on some level, or be manipulated into madness. It's a Greek tragedy. If they keep going, what they're doing, what they're doing, 
end game, whatever. It, they've never done a finer work in terms of the complexity and the beauty and the depth of the storytelling than what they're doing now. It's phenomenal. And then what do you guys think caused Quicksilver to show up? Um, I think that that is, and I've said before, I didn't think it was Quicksilver. I didn't think it was an introduction to mutants. I said when that happened that I thought that that was uh, um, either the real villain or some or, or something that was sent by the real villain in order to basically coddle her from figuring out and 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 ending whatever is going on here. Uh, I think he'll turn out to either be, and I think I predicted on here that. It was not a mutant, but they were doing similar to what they did with Spider-Man Far From Home, where they where they get you all hyped in the previews about the multiverse, and then it's a bait and switch, and that Mysterio's not from another dimension. Right, right. But we all know, but but it's, so it was to tease you, something's coming yeah. along those lines, but this isn't the moment. I think they were doing that with Evan Peters, that this is, yes, the X-Men are coming, yeah. mutants are coming, but they're not going to, they're not going to start where these guys are all with 30 years of backstory, and they cross over from another dimension. Kevin Feige is going to build, you're going to get new new professor x's new magnetos they're going to build all this out separately and and do world building with this for years they're not just going to have all these people i believe cross over and so i think that that's either her son which she does have in the comics or um you know she rubs that rabbit now in the comics agatha harkness had a cat a black cat but she rubs the rabbit in the show and what is the name of the rabbit mr scratchy mr scratch mr. scratchy what is one of the nicknames for the devil old scratch yeah that i think that that is either mephisto uh who's the real villain behind the whole scenes or that's who evan peters is actually playing either that or her or, or agatha harkness's son uh all I have to say is these guys are so good at this. This is the, this is the question where I I don't I didn't really read the, the comic books growing up. So whenever the, a new movie comes out, I always ask Steve, "What? Give me the variables I need to know to help me interpret what's going on, so I can spot things." And when I asked him at the after watching the first two episodes of WandaVision and he told me some of this stuff, it's why I could I. I I see what they're painting before us as in it's Shakespeare. It's Greek tragedy. Uh, the layers, the depth, how seriously they respect their own content. Yes. It's phenomenal. Totally different than Lucasfilm, or at least who's running yeah. it now. Oh yeah. With the lack of respect they have for their own source material. Yeah. You can tell the, that, that at Marvel, they revere their source material, yeah. except for the villains. Let's face it. There've been a couple times over the years with where I've lost my damn mind with how they have treated some of their great villains. Like, the Mandarin, for example, yeah. which I'm I'm told they're going to be correcting that soon, though. Good, so we'll see. Okay, that's that Shang Chi movie. We're gonna get the real oh, Mandarin okay. apparently in that cool. film. All right, so thanks for letting us geek out, Jonah. Appreciate that. This is from JG. Why should a talented female athlete train and work hard to win when the men who feel pretty are allowed to compete with them as equals and win almost every time? Why should we organize and work hard to win elections when our new ruling class can just win by cheating? That's why it's a civil war. Answering those questions is the end game. It just is. Figure it out or you lose. What was the stat that we saw about a month or so ago? Was it was it ninety or nine hundred boys in two thousand in the two thousand um, eighteen nineteen school year ran faster hundred meter times at the high school level than the fastest woman on the U.S. Olympic team or something? The U.S. national team. I remember in my head was four hundred ish, but it's just so was it? But it was in the hundreds. It was four hundred boys just in last year. Yeah, the last year of competition, which means that happens 
every single year. Yeah. Yeah. So just to reiterate that, the fastest woman in the history of the U.S. national team. And which means she would probably at the very least be competing for a gold medal Mm -hmm. at the Olympics, right? Hundreds of high school boys, the last full year we had a school year pre-COVID, ran a faster 100 meter time at the high school level than she did. The U.S. women's national team in soccer, as good as anybody in the world. They train against 15-year-old high school club team boys. Remember the great women's basketball coach at Tennessee, Pat Summit. She'd often have her teams, who would they practice against? Oh, yeah, that's very... Managers and intramural intramural players. Yeah. I mean, this is arguably the... Until, you know, Gina R.E.M. and Connecticut came along, this was the greatest women's basketball program of all time. Yes. They were practicing against their managers and against, you know, uh, guys who were just playing intramural basketball on campus. And remember that that's... the respect on both sides, the acknowledging of reality, the girl saying, I get it. The guy saying, I, I, listen, I'm not a stud anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to help you succeed in this dream you have because you're amazing. You're the best in this entire nation. I'm clearly not, and I can contribute in this way. That's when the world made sense. If if, if you did, you know, Aaron, you had the stats yesterday in the montage about um, uh, sexual identity and how those numbers Correct. are changing yep. in younger generations because it's a response to the social engineering that yeah. received, right? Okay. When you destigmatize mask or when you destigmatize a lack of masculinity, when you destigmatize um, not fulfilling your gender role, why wouldn't somebody who's just completely soulless and craven? and opportunistic and 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 they can't they can't get a pga tour card i mean they 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 can't qualify for the john deere classic let alone augusta national for a green jacket why wouldn't they just go announce themselves as gender confused and dominate on the LPGA. There's millions of dollars there and that money's just as green. Why wouldn't they do that? When each and every emotion you have inside of you has been anointed by both you and just about everybody around you as the voice of God, Mm -hmm. it can't but be that way. Mm -hmm. Gary writes, I like your assessment of Ron DeSantis, but tell us more how he will not be and turn out like the governor of Georgia, who started well fighting the COVID fascist and then turned into a weak, limp-wristed defender of whatever that election was. We, we, we can't tell you that. We don't need to know. Should we? Nor need and, we. And, and that's he not does. Our, that's, I was going to say that actually beat me to the punch. Now, that's not our job. That's Ron's. Yep. Now, here's what I will say. We have seen. Um, Kemp kind of shocked us. You know, he did stand up to Disney and the movie people on the heartbeat bill in Georgia um, when they all threatened to abandon the state, which, by the way, none of them abandoned the state uh, when when he signed that into law. But other than that, this is a guy that since he became governor, it was it was largely unremarkable for those of us not living in Georgia and following it every day. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I mean, how many conversations pre covid did we ever have? How many times was Brian Kemp's name invoked on the show pre covid ever? Maybe once or twice over yeah. the heartbeat bill, maybe, but that was it, right? I think like it, Hollywood pulling out of Georgia, maybe was that. The that was only... that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Scott Walker. Other than the union issue, when he went to war, went to the mattresses with them over that. 
What other issues do you recall that he led on in his state that to a point that it transcended to a national audience? Oh, yeah, we talked about that right? at length. Yeah, that's one thing we have seen about Ron DeSantis so far is we haven't seen a guy that just has an issue or two that's stuck in his craw or his state. Like in, in Walker's case, he was he was in a no win scenario. He really had to take that stance. Because his state was either was going bankrupt and he wasn't winning another term if that happened on his watch. And there was only one way out of bankruptcy, and that was to reel this in. Reel in the mob. Reel in the mob. So you're saying it was an Alamo more than it could, a, it could, a choice. Well, it's possible. We don't know what his motivations were uh, in 2009. Your choices get clearer when you think you're in the yes, Alamo, though. But, but when you see the way that he behaved from that moment on, when we see the way he behaved as a presidential candidate, it certainly lends itself to that potentially, yeah, right? you're right. All right. Brian Kemp maybe strikes you as a guy who's just strongly pro-life. And recognized that what COVID fascism was going to do to his way of life on a corporate level wasn't justified. So he went to the mattresses on that. And then when he came up against something that showed a level of zeal that matched his own or exceeded his own, well, then we saw that too, right? With DeSantis, what we have seen is is he has launched a full, this has been a D-Day-like operation. He's hitting five beachheads in, in, in one morning here. I mean, he's hitting them comprehensively across the board, it, which is a demonstration, I would argue. And again, I don't know him. I know people who work around and for him. And the fact that I know the people, some of the people working around in forum is probably, from my perspective, is a good sign. for Because I only know certain kinds of people in this business, and it's usually not the people who hate us. Okay? Um, but again, I met him one time, introduced by Daniel, for 20 minutes, maybe 15, in a hallway at CPAC, and he was still in Congress. So I don't have any personal stake in this at all. I'm just observing. When I see, though, somebody on every issue that matters the most drop bombs show up for the fight that is evidence of a fully developed worldview not an issue or two that you're desperate on or fired up about or convicted on and hey we appreciate that and and we'll be happy to take advantage of your convictions on those particular issues right but a guy that understands here we're not it's not really one or two issues that that the spirit of the age is the strongest on that we have to confront we're, we are up against a, a fully comprehensive worldview that wants to reinvent the way we live comprehensively across the board not just one or two peculiarities one or two immoralities mm-hmm. one or two perversions across the board wants to reimagine reality and you see evidence of that in his willingness to go on offense and launch full frontal attacks on virtually every issue that they attempt to attack us on. He understands his Aragorn. Open war is upon you, whether you wish it or not. And to that end, you hear Lincoln in the background after he got through how many uh, generals and he finally got to Grant, uh, the the, uh, alcoholic washed up has been. And simply put, he said, he fights, and so far, day by day. Yep. Now that doesn't mean six months from now we no, won't be sitting doesn't. here thinking. Remember when we thought Ron DeSantis was a thing? I would, I would be mildly surprised if that's the case. 
because it's it's one thing to be good on one or two issues and then cave. It's an I, I don't it's another thing to be this aggressive on virtually every issue and then do it. Right. right. I agree. Okay. So I would be mildly surprised, but would it be knock me over with a feather? I wish I could say yes, but folks, I, I've just done this for too long. <laughs> right. So no, it wouldn't be knock me over with a feather. I'd be disappointed, but I I I wouldn't be like. I never saw that coming, okay? Um, Brian Benini writes, I wanted to write and let you guys know my 11-year-old son sets an alarm each day to make sure he is in my house for the while you were away segment. I love that he is showing interest in what is going on, and I love that segment. Gives a quick look with some humor included to keep people updated. The benefit of being, an at-home, being in an at-home business and homeschooling is our children, we can monitor them and encourage what they are influenced by. I find you guys' show to be a fantastic influence, and theirs and our lives. Keep up the great work. P.S. We love our Built Bars. P.S.S. I love Todd's looks of enthusiasm and optimism. I, I believe that was... <laughs> Stop that, Todd. Yeah, that I, was, I, I believe that was sarcasm. That was disturbing. Yes, I, I detect a slight tinge of sarcasm there, but yes. Dawn writes, if the theme for the 2021 day show is something along the lines of, and I apologize for par- uh, paraphrasing, it's up to us, then why summon Trump for a revenge tour? It, it, you're close. The, it's, it's the answer is us. Why summon Trump for a revenge tour? Because... Um, uh, he's a weapon of mass destruction if utilized properly to to that end. I'm interested in using Donald Trump for for what we need, and I'm and totally, always have been and always have been. And I'm by the way, I'm interested in using Ted Cruz, anybody, Nancy Pelosi. I, I don't care. I don't care what anybody ten, did ten minutes ago. If they've decided I'm your Huckleberry today, I'm happy using you because. That's what you do with your assets and your employees. It's not personal to me. It's, it's just business. And in this case, he's a weapon of mass destruction. And um, you, you, deploying that would be one way for us to not just work hard, but smart. We get to skip a few steps, right? I mean, would you rather island hop or drop an atom bomb? I'd rather drop an atom bomb just to see if the enemy might surrender right then and there. And then if they don't, let's drop another one and see if that might break their back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd rather win the battle as soon as absolutely possible. I believe the distance, the shortest distance between two points is, is a straight line. Um, so if, if you can summon him off the bench to be a weapon of mass destruction, now I got to tell you guys, it doesn't get any more Trumpian than this. All right. A really good friend of mine who's at Mar-a-Lago as we speak right now. And you guys know this individual. You two do. Okay. Really good friend of mine. Has been for years. He's down there deeply embedded in Team Trump right now as we speak. He calls me enthusiastically three days ago. Uh, he's been in talks with the with the former president and his team. And they're, I mean, they're, he, like Steve, I'm telling you, he's he's mad. He's going to war. He's going to war. You would love this. I get up this morning and I see a story that that Trump's PAC has endorsed Jerry Moran for U.S. Senate in Kansas. Jerry Moran, guys, is an awful, awful rhino. I mean, dreadful. In fact, the last time I could find a record of Jerry Moran being quoted on anything was condemning Trump for his role in the January 6th riot. Okay. I sent this link to my buddy 
and he didn't get back to me right away. <laughs> and then right before we got on the air, he sent me a note and said, I am so pissed about this right now. Okay. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Trump is very transactional, very mercurial, very inconsistent on these sorts of things. Uh, it could be as simple as, you know, one group of people came in and told him, here's what you need to do. And he thought it was a great plan. And then he had a 10 minute meeting with Lindsey Graham that said, you need to make peace with some people. And then you're right, you're right, you're right. And then they issued a press release endorsing Jerry Moran for a primary that's not until next year. All right. So who knows? Who the hell knows? But every now and then, if you can get Hulk to smash the other people's, uh, the other side's buildings and the other side's infrastructure, that's a big help, right? Yeah. You just have to understand, though, that the Hulk comes with collateral damage. Correct. That's true, too. All right. More of your feedback coming your way here in a moment. On a Feedback Friday here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Stay tuned right here on The Steve Day Show. We all know the detrimental impact of too much screen time for our kids, whether it's the content that they're even looking at online or the shortening of attention spans, the loss of creativity. That's why we need better ways for our children and grandchildren to be using their downtime. That's why we want to tell you today about Annie's Kit Clubs. They've got the perfect subscription box for both boys and girls. That's right, folks. You found a company that still believes in boys and girls. Uh, They've got the One Workers Kit for the boys. It's a monthly subscription that puts into your boys' hands real tools. Uh, that will help them uh, with an all-in-one woodworking kit. That's the materials and tools that your son or grandson needs to make an awesome woodworking project with minimal supervision. And for the girls, there's Annie's Creative Girls Club, which sends two fun craft projects every month, complete with easy-to-follow instructions that will kickstart her creativity through painting, beading, and more. Help your kids develop actual skills, master real-world building, or new crafting techniques while expressing their creativity at the exact same time. It makes for a great gift for the kids or the grandkids. Go to Annie's, that's A-N-N-I-E-S, annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. That's annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. Get 75% off, huge discount, 75% off your first shipment at annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. All right, let's continue on. Brittany writes here on a Feedback Friday, wanted to pass along a funny moment my husband and I had at our dinner the other night. We were eating at a restaurant in downtown Greenville, South Carolina with our children. There was a large party sitting behind us. One of the gentlemen at the table near us was having a semi-loud conversation about politics. At some point, he talked about this guy he listens to on the radio. He mentioned the host has a Theology Thursday, talks about movies, Star Wars, has done a lot of research on COVID. Without even saying a word, my husband and I started grinning at each other knowingly it was somehow comforting to know that we are not the only people who listen to your show you might be surprised to know that's comforting for us to know that too (laughs) as a matter of fact maybe even more so perhaps all right uh and britney says there are in fact other like-minded people out there that truly care about the country thank you for that note britney good to know we've got at least two fans in greenville south carolina um Do I have time for this one? I do. Okay. Uh, This is from Rachel. 
I grew up in a very independent Southern conservative family and was homeschooled all 12 years of school. Moving out of the house at 18 in the seven years since then, I've worked full time in veterinary medicine while paying what I can towards earning a degree. A useful one that I hope has no love the useful one, I hope, as I have no love for the modern American idea of an education. I read often in my spare time most of the books focusing on history, economics, theology. I've got strong thoughts and opinions on many subjects, and most are not mainstream for my age group, as you might expect. My problem is not my thoughts, but physically expressing them. I hate conflict. Not in a metaphysical sense, but in a very real one. I seize up, I start to tremble, my voice quivers, and I start to perspire. I know exactly what I want to say or do in response to the other person whom I disagree with, but my body betrays me. My passion for what I'm speaking about increases the symptoms. The level of frustration with myself is hard to express in writing. I daydream of being able to soliloquy, nice use of that word, by the way, my beliefs for my oftentimes liberal-leaning clients and coworkers, but that remains just a daydream. In a world that more and more actively shuns critical thinking and dissenting opinion, I think I'm the only worker at this clinic that refuses to wear a mask unless forced by a client, I worry that while the the will to hold the conservative line is there. My body and voice makes the strong, eloquent, conservative woman stereotype unattainable. Will anyone take what a trembling voice says seriously? I do not know if any others struggle with expressing their conservative beliefs in an increasingly hostile landscape. But would you guys... Um, as radio hosts that chew the fat so well and with so much confidence have any advice any advice for someone like me who wishes they could just get the words out without sounding like a jittery drug addict <laughs> i do go ahead i absolutely do because when i first started with steve you believe it or not i had something of the same problem but not in front of people that's the easy part all of a sudden i was just in here in the room alone and you just have a sense of what's out there. And it, it, Steve, I, I, it took me, I was overthinking everything I wanted to say. It has to be perfect. It, it was good enough before it got me in the room. You just got to trust that right out of the gate. Just take, rip the bandaid off. My advice to you, don't, don't overthink it. Be, accept the fact that you're going to say what you say and you're going to go back and evaluate and wish you would have said this and that. But to, you just have to be confident in the moment in letting her go that that's the most and it took i mean steve was great and it was just a matter of weeks and then i i arrived there and it had nothing to do with the room and the microphone and it was all gone but that's what you feel when you do that you feel like lights camera action it's not just give that stuff up to the lord and just do your thing and it won't always be perfect i guarantee you see steve uh, Every once in a while, looks at me right after the, we go to commercial. Ah, I wish I would have said that. He still thinks that way sometimes because that's how this thing goes. You're, you're going to be fine as long as you trust. It doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be passionate. It has to be real. You got to do your homework beforehand. Um, but it's it's not a movie script. I think I think you think it has. You just got to be on. No, you don't. I would say as well, there's a lot of people with very... I love the fact you had to cough yes, after yeah. that. That's perfect. Right there. It just, yeah. Yes. There are, there's, there's an overabundance of loud people with loud opinions. Loud opinions are not necessarily good opinions, but loud people with loud opinions uh, who state their loud, stupid opinions very confidently. Mm -hmm. Like me, when I talk about uh, how I'm not going to watch Rudy. Wow, I just undercut my entire credibility right there. But my point is, what do you think stands out more? Do you think it's a soft voice 
or a loud voice. I think in some ways, if it's a if it's a soft voice, maybe like Phyllis from The Office, uh, that stands out in some ways more than loud, uh, loud and false bravado. And here's an easy way to maybe start start going down your, I, I think what you're trying to accomplish. It's a lot easier to ask questions than make properly uh, um, soliloquies, as you put it, to make proclamations. Thus saith the Lord God of hosts, and then flows from your mouth. Um, if, if you want to stand up, uh, if you want to, if you want to make people think, concentrate on asking snotty. I mean, asking good questions. That's what I yep. say. Great pieces of advice, both of you. I mean, first, let me just add, we also all have differing skills, psychoses, okay? Um, I, in in eighth grade choir, uh, I don't think I've ever told you guys this story. In eighth grade choir, Mrs. Patrick, like one of the very first days of class, why did I take choir? Uh, there was a couple girls in there that I thought were cute and a bunch of my buddies were taking it. Thought it'd be an easy A, Okay. And um, one of the first days of class, in the middle of a song, it was the national anthem, in fact, Mrs. Patrick stopped class, there's 25, 30 kids in this class, looked at me and said, my goodness, Stephen, you have a really good singing voice. And no one, I never even contemplated that that was the case. I mean, I just sang along to the radio like teenage kids do. It, I, and it, it's like Zach Efron in High School Musical. Got, but but you know what, man? My buddies, it, it is like that. My buddies busted my scrote, dude. Right there on the spot. Okay, tough but fair. Yep. And um, and I was like really embarrassed the whole rest of the school year. She tried to get me to try out for leads in our musicals to do solos. I never did any of it. I was just beyond uh, petrified of it. Which is weird because I also gave all kinds of speeches and, you know, debates and stuff in front of the school, the class, parents, no issues with that. But this I was beyond petrified of. Finally, at the very end of the school year for the eighth grade graduation, she got me to do a solo. It was one verse. And to this day, I remember that experience. And you want to talk about a quivering voice. I mean, I, I thought I was going to pass out. You know, and it's weird now that my oldest daughter uh, sings so well and so well in public. But I bring that up because we all have our limitations. Okay, believe me, I have (laughs) I've got plenty. I just have a level of giftedness that is very public because of the format and platform that I work that I work on. But, you know, um, I can't change my, my my garage door. I had to pay a buddy of mine to do that. You know what I'm saying? It could just be that if, if what Todd and Aaron are suggesting don't work for you, it just may be public speaking is not your thing. And you know what that might mean instead? I don't know that note that I read had pretty good command of the language. Yeah. Not often someone drops the word soliloquy in casual conversation. Have you considered that maybe your giftedness is in writing? And the the fear you feel sometimes, you know, anxiety can be paralyzing, but sometimes it's it's a uh, a sign that you're over the target, that yes, you're called that to yeah. this. And I remember Steve telling me when we first met way back in the day, 
and uh, he, he flat out told me, man, I mean, he, he, he would, he got this job because he would call in on radio shows so confidently and that, ended up, but once he had the job, he told me, man, I, for, it took me weeks before I felt I wasn't going to vomit before mm-hmm. going on air. I yeah. mean, he just, I remember vividly and that helped I had me. all kinds of tummy issues. Yeah. I, I would, I had to feel like I was going to throw up or, or, or uh, lose my bowels like every commercial break. And so I'd like run into the, com- into the yeah. bathroom, like nothing would happen. It w- it took me weeks to realize this is just all nerves yeah and i need to it's there's yeah. nothing medically wrong with me i just need to yeah. channel it into the, energy the same yeah. thing happened to me after a couple of weeks it'll, it'll happen to you too but you got to just do take the plunge the first time and then again and it'll be fine tim the hammer hamilton writes and i love and i love the name when i tell you what this email is on aaron's recommendation i tried my wife's shower brush I found it to be too coarse on my yeah. sensitive skin. Yeah. Is there a brand that Aaron could recommend that might be less abrasive? That's the damn point. Again, that is from Tim the Hammer Tim, Hamilton. that's the point. It's supposed to be abrasive. Buck up. Even in the shower, buck up. <sighs> Got to get some exfoliating action there. Is I, This sounds that's like something point. that... It sounns like a line out of the Equality Act. I, I, I was just going, going to say, yes, here? it feels like uh, this segment is sponsored by <laughs> Potato Head. Yes. Just as I long will as... Confess, I will confess, I have a back scrubber at home. I just buy the one that they have at Walmart. That's all. Yeah. That's all I do. I bathe in vinegar. That's good. I think that is... I, I, I'll allow it. I, I could believe that. Oh, could I you totally believe Todd bathes in vinegar? I could believe it. I totally believe it. Yes. Like once a week, maybe. I, I could imagine that Todd just does it just so we can say, I bathe in vinegar. I could I'll, imagine I'll that allow too. that. Yeah. Nick writes, during these trying times, I am trying to keep my pessimism in check. Well, Nick, that's your first problem. Okay. <laughs> However, he says, my question to you is, at what point is this republic gone for good now? Uh, what would Joe Biden and the Democrats have to do for us to take a look and realize it is over? And that we are at a point of no return. Well, in all seriousness, let me be serious for a second. If your and mine does, if your if the foundation of your belief system is that a man who performed miracles, first of all, miracles, meaning things that are not scientifically naturally explicable a demonstration of power and knowledge outside of our human understanding. If a man who performed those acts was dead and then performed another miracle by rising from the dead and being alive again, if that is the foundation of your belief system, ultimately, you you can be angry you can be disappointed you can you can be sarcastic smarmy those are all human reactions to what we are witnessing around us right you can be all those things but pessimism or the idea that a situation is hopeless is void of hope i, I just don't think it's really part of our belief system i think it's anathema to it actually 
Now, if you don't have that as a found as a fundamental of your beliefs, I don't know how you avoid pessimism, because let me tell you, outside of the outside of the recognition of miracles, the the evidence for pessimism. If this was just a court of law and miracles were rendered inadmissible, and then we went from the, with the preponderance of the evidence after that, I mean, the, the, this jury ain't ain't contemplating this verdict very long. They're in and out, man, in ten minutes back with a pessimism verdict but that's what that's what keeps me going is is i absolutely believe barring revival this civilization is doomed i believe it but what did i start that assessment with barring revival whose jurisdiction is that the same god who came in human form and performed and gave witness to power and knowledge beyond our understanding and then rolled a stone away and walked out of a tomb after being tortured nearly to death and then asphyxiated to death like a freaking boss. So I don't have much hope for us. I don't. I have have, have a, a lot of hope for him. We are. Absolutely, the Israelites with our back against the Red Sea. But as you've said before, yep. what does Moses say when they say, Stand still and wait for the salvation of the Lord. Now, Moses doesn't know what's about to happen. Either. Exactly. He doesn't know. But but he just know who he, Moses doesn't know what is about to happen. But he knows who is about to happen. And I think that's a good word for us to sum up this week. We don't know what is about to happen, but we do know who is about to happen. And listen, this may not end well. It's not like it wouldn't be deserved, right? It may not end well, but the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the other thing. That's the challenge for us, for those of us that recognize the role a sovereign God plays in the affairs of men is you then have to let go of judging the efficacy and the faithfulness of that sovereignty via the approval you have of the outcome. You either accept his sovereignty or you don't. So who knows how it ends, but I I trust the one who knows the ending. That'll do it for this week here on the show. Have a great weekend. Back at it again on Monday, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.